Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to this month's freebie of our Patreon bonus podcast, Top Rope Nation Extra. If you didn't know, Extra is a weekly bonus show we do for our supporters over on Patreon. In addition to the 15-minute teasers of these shows that I sometimes post here on our main feed, like I did last week, once per month I like to post a full edition of our Extra bonus shows as a freebie here on our main feed. So that's what I'm doing this week. On Top Rope Nation Extra this week, it was Justin and Kyle breaking down Wednesday night's edition of AEW Dynamite and previewing this weekend's Full Gear pay-per-view. Now, Justin and I will actually be attending Full Gear in person in Minnesota this weekend, so this week's regular flagship podcast will be our review of the pay-per-view and our live reaction from being at the show. That will either occur late Saturday night, immediately following the pay-per-view when we get back to our hotel, or late Sunday evening when we get home. We'll see how Saturday night goes. In the meantime, enjoy this month's freebie edition of Top Rope Nation Extra previewing Full Gear. And as I said earlier, if you want to hear this bonus show in full each and every single week, click the link in the podcast description and sign up to become a patron. There are now close to 60 bonus podcasts that you will gain access to the minute you sign up. That includes 23 editions of Top Rope Nation Classics, with a new edition coming later this month on Survivor Series 1996, and 35 editions of Top Rope Nation Extra, with that number growing each and every week. All that in addition to ad-free, early release access to our weekly flagship podcast, Patreon is the best way to support our show. Enjoy tonight's show, and we'll be coming at you again with this week's flagship podcast following AEW Full Gear. What is going on? This is Top Rope Nation Extra. We are live in the Spotify green room. I am Kyle Ross, soon to be joined by my good, close, personal friend and yours, Justin Joint. We are here to talk about AEW Dynamite, November 10th, 2021, and also preview the pay-per-view, which takes place this Saturday, Full Gear. Uh, let me bring my good friend on right now, Mr. Justin Joint. How you doing tonight? Freaking excellent after that show. <laughs> yeah, so I want to ask you this question right off the rip. You're going to the pay-per-view on Saturday with Ryan. The three of us, you, Ryan, and myself, we're all at All Out in Chicago. Are you looking more or less or the same uh, 
to ahead to uh, full gear this Saturday compared to all out. Rate your excitement level of going to these two pay-per-views as I botched that question a little bit. Um, so it depends on the factors. If, if, if I'm taking into an account that, you know, you're not going to be at this one, you were at the last one. So, you know, obviously that's not as much fun. Um, that was my, you know, all out was the first wrestling show I went to live in quite a long time, you know, even outside of the pandemic. Um, so that was incredibly exciting. My first AEW show period, um, but just just looking mm-hmm. at it from the AEW, I, you know, in the other part, I'm not going to run into you randomly in an elevator, you know, this weekend. And <laughs> unless unless there's going to be a bigger surprise than than Danielson showing up at All Out. <laughs> I, I'm going to show up Don Callis style when you least expect it. <laughs> uh, but um, no, just looking at it from the wrestling aspect, so. The big thing with All Out was CM Punk's first match in seven years. Yes. And all the rumors of like Ruby Soho and Danielson and maybe uh, Adam Cole showing up. This one for me is kind of built around number one, Hangman Page, you know, He's got to finally get that title. Uh, and I am extremely excited to see that. I'm sure we'll get more into that later. Um, and then also, once again, uh, Punk. Except this time it's not about seeing you know, Punk's big return. It's one of the hottest feuds in professional wrestling right now. Um, so I would say it's actually about even. Um if not, maybe just, I mean, by the slightest margin, a little bit more hyped for this upcoming one. As someone who is not going Saturday, I think from a card perspective, I'm actually more excited about Saturday than I was to the one that I went to in Chicago, all out. Uh, as, our, as the late, great Gorilla Monsoon once said, you take a look at this card that they've got. Uh, coming up here in Minneapolis, every match could be a main event any in any arena in the country. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, totally this is a stacked card. I mean, really, I, you know, I, I'm joking with a little bit with the monsoon reference. Any of the now nine matches on this pay per view card could certainly main event dynamite, and some of them you would you would obviously like you know. Hangman and Omega you would not put on TV, but my God, this is one of the deepest cards for any pay-per-view I can remember in recent memory. Yeah, and it's, it's we're going to run through them all tonight, folks. We're going to talk about what happened uh, on Dynamite tonight and then bridge uh, to the pay-per-view. Give us our, give you our thoughts and predictions. Uh, that's kind of what's on tap for the next hour. By the way, if you want to participate in the show here, very simple. How you do it? I mean, my God, anyone can do it. You just push that little hand icon. Uh, I'll see your request coming up, uh, and I'll bring you onto the stage. We're already getting some requests. Uh, we'll bring you on. Just hang tight. Uh, Justin and I, I know, do want to get through. Uh, you know, some of these uh, previews for Saturday. Justin, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that the the card is all killer, no filler. Which you, I don't think you could have said the same thing for all out. 
Yeah, there is no uh, big show or pardon me, Paul White versus QT Marshall at this show. Uh, no popcorn match whatsoever. Yeah, I, I would have a tough, I would have to run out. If I wanted to use the bathroom uh, in the building, I'd have to run out during an entrance or something. So let's start with just uh, uh, a couple uh, things that happened tonight. We'll, then we'll get to the um, uh, request to, to speak, Brian. I see you there. Just hold on. Just give me a couple minutes here and we will get to you. But speaking of Brian, Brian Danielson opened this show tonight, Justin, uh, wrestling Rocky Romero. Uh, there was a lot of talk online before Dynamite started about what this could mean. Uh, Danielson obviously was not going to lose Rock to Rocky Romero. That was would have been just completely insane. Uh, story was that the best friends, including Orange Cassidy, joining the chaos faction uh, of New Japan Pro Wrestling at the behest of Kazuchika Okada. Uh, and Danielson taking on a tough match just a few days before facing Miro at the pay-per-view. Uh, Danielson goes over with the Tequila Sunrise. I assume you liked this match, Mr. Joint. I did like this match, Mr. Ross. Yes. Uh, so I'm watching this match, and I'm thinking about Danielson's AEW career to date. And I wrote this in our Facebook group already. And I just wanted to reiterate it for everyone here. I think back, you know, when did he kind of mentally check out of WWE? We know he, he gave an interview and said, yeah, you know, I've worked the main event at WrestleMania and I felt nothing. But clearly he had to have at least one foot out the door before that. If he's feeling nothing at Re- WrestleMania, then, you know, <laughs> his passion had to have been killed before that. And I think back to a very random match he had with Drew Gulak. Do you remember this one? I think it was at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view 2020. might have been the last pay-per-view before the pandemic. It had to be before the pandemic, as a matter of fact, because I know there was a crowd there, given the point that I'm going to make. Vaguely remember it. You starting to talk about his ringing a bell now. Okay. Well, it was well-regarded by a lot of critics online. And you could tell in the aftermath, like Danielson, you know, raised Gulak's hand and was trying to get the crowd to cheer for him. But the WWE crowd really didn't give a shit about the match and really wasn't getting into it. And it was obviously a match that Danielson wanted to do. He wanted to try to get Drew Gulak over. I'm sure Vince McMahon did not really want him to do that. And But, you know, he, he respects uh, Brian Danielson enough that he let him do it. Here in AEW, Danielson's getting to have these random matches with this wide variety of opponents. And everyone is into it. So I bring this up to say that's a a lot to say uh, to make the point. Brian Danielson's very happy right now with the decision he made. (laughs) You can totally tell. Yeah, absolutely. There's times when he's in the ring where he just randomly has a giant grin on his face. You can tell he's having a blast. So, you didn't think Okada was going to show up on TV tonight, did you? No, I did not. Yeah, I, I look, folks, we got a pay-per-view in a couple days. I think <laughs> there's a lot of matches to promote. I think that's something you can do uh, certainly after the pay-per-view, uh, whenever, if you've got a chance. But, yeah, tonight I don't think it would have been the right time, actually. Do we think the change – now, let's – Turn our focus to the pay-per-view. Going from John Moxley 
to Miro. Do we think that change leads to a change in the booking of the pay-per-view? That would be a very WWE thing to do to, to try and swerve the fans when arguments could be made for both guys winning, regardless of who ends up as champion. Obviously Danielson and Omega has some unfinished business. Uh, Obviously having uh, hangman, go up against a monster heel like Miro as is kind of his first big opponent makes a lot of sense, but it, it just doesn't, doesn't seem like that's how you want Danielson's first defeat going down. And it would make more sense to have his first loss be to hangman. Cause that, that just means so much more for hangman to get that victory. I agree with that. So, you know, Ryan and I were doing one of these Spotify shows and we were talking about who goes over in this tournament. We knew it was going to be at the time Moxley against Danielson. You know, uh, obviously Mox had to pull out. We wish him well. Uh, Now we've got Miro and the argument for Moxley, who we all figured was heading for a heel turn is the same one that you just laid out for Miro, right? He, it would be a heel, it's a traditional babyface heel dynamic for Hangman's first big title match, possibly. But I just don't think it's the right time to beat Brian Danielson. I, I always assumed he was going over in this tournament, whether it was against Moxley or now against Miro. I think Brian Danielson needs to win on Saturday. Is that so? Do you think? He doesn't go over Hangman, though, if Hangman wins, though, right? No, I think I think you made a great point. That would be – you could make the case that that's an acceptable first loss for Brian Danielson to lose to the champion, right? Now, it'll be an interesting dynamic with the two top baby faces in there. You know, who's the crowd going to side with whenever they do that? So, I mean, you know, that that's kind of the argument, you know, some will make not to do that match. Right, that you maybe could chip away at Hangman's babyface cachet, but this is AEW, and I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. Do you? If they if it came down to Hangman versus Danielson in an AEW title match, do you think that that's a problem for the presumably new champ page? No, I, I think AEW's fans are smart enough to get behind both guys and. Everybody's been waiting for this hangman title run for so long that there's zero chance they shit on it just for a Danielson match. Okay. We're going to talk about one more match than Brian. I'm going to get to you. Uh, talk about crowd reactions. Very key when we get to the next feud and pay-per-view match. Inner circle against men of the year, American top team. The discourse on Twitter over the course of the various segments we've seen the last couple of weeks in this feud divisive, right? It, it, there's been a wide swath of opinions, at least on my timeline. Here's what I'm going to say. I would criticize this feud more if it didn't draw such good heat every time out. The people in the building are always into this. I know Chris Jericho's shtick is kind of lame. He didn't get a chance to do shtick tonight. But when he does, you know, eh, the jokes, they're, they're not my favorite jokes. But the people in the building like him. They like to sing his song. They like to cheer for him. 
They like to boo Dan Lambert a lot. He gets great heel heat. Him yelling Boston Crab tonight while doing a championship wrestling from Florida shout out was very good stuff. Mm-hmm. When he had Jericho uh, in the walls of Jericho. What do you think about this feud? I, I'm probably one of those people on your Twitter feed. I This is not for me, but I can recognize why people are digging it. Um, I haven't really been into the American top team. I'm not an MMA guy. I don't follow UFC. So all those people are kind of nothing to me. They don't mean anything. And frankly, when they start brawling, their uh, punches and elbows are embarrassing looking and they almost immediately take me out of the segment. Uh, But Lambert's doing a hell of a job and the inner circle is certainly over with everybody. You know, it's funny. Jericho reminds me of a late 80s, early 90s baby face that the very small, at the time, smarky crowd would have rolled its eyes at, yet was always popular in the building. You don't have that a lot in 2021 wrestling, that kind of dynamic. You know, I'm trying to think of a, a good example. To compare, I you know here's a guy God you know God bless him he's getting better I hope he, he provided an update to hacksaw Jim Duggan right his WWE run not exactly the smarts choice okay but was Jim Duggan over every single time he came out sure seemed like it people liked yelling uh, until yeah until a certain point I mean it did get maybe a little towards the end of his WWE run but you know what I'm saying and then I think comparing 2021 Chris Jericho to like 1991 Jim Duggan maybe he's a little insane but I think people get the point Chris Jericho the people like him and as far as American top team um you're right I think the striking it's something we see a lot from people who make the transition from MMA to UFC uh they are overly cautious about pulling their punches and then they look bad that uh, they do not want a reprisal of Ken Shamrock and Vader. <laughs> that that when like Shamrock just like killed Vader because he wasn't pulling his punches enough. So I, I think that they're overly sensitive about it, and that's why we get that more often than not. Um, it should be pointed out: Inner Circle came out, people started to sing the song. They were jumped by Men of the Year American Top Team. I thought this was an effective go home segment for a match at a pay per view. Uh, they had Lambert powerbomb, an assisted powerbomb off the rope on Jericho through a table. Then he puts him in the walls of Jericho, but announces it's actually a Boston Crab. And like I said, he then starts talking about championship wrestling for Florida. I was in tears during that. I, I think Dan Lambert is a tremendous performer. I It's really weird what they do with this heel group because based on this angle, I would assume the inner circle is going over on Saturday, right? Yeah, although I thought it was interesting that they made a point to say that their goal is to make sure Lambert gets the pin on Jericho. That just that kind of had my brain turning a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, men of the year in specific, they would lose nothing if Lambert takes the fall, right? It's kind of like the whole J.J. Dillon in the first war games who submitted J.J. Um, but... It all depends on what the future is for this American top team group. If they're sticking around, they should not lose. If it's just a one and done pay-per-view cycle, then of course they'll lose. Uh, And it'll be interesting. Inner circle, I think they go their separate ways regardless after this pay-per-view, though. I'd heard some rumors that Jericho might take time off. I don't know if 
Um, that's still the case, but I'd heard rumors of that. Uh, by the way, speaking of American top team, Jorge Masvidal injured and out of UFC 269. Uh, I don't know if he was injured somehow due to involvement with AEW or not, but uh, caught that on ESPN when I was watching the show today. So that was interesting. All right, Brian, I'm going to bring you on. You've been so patient, so kind. You always are every week. Uh, join in. Of course, I am locked out of my phone right now and need to get that back up. All right, Brian, here we go. You there, Brian? Yes, sir. I'm so happy. All right. I'm so happy to, so- to be the third man of this group. And can I say, Justin, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but you sound very similar to Lance Storm. Have you gotten that before? I, that, that doesn't sound like a compliment. No, 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 no. Like you sound like when you're when you're speaking, because Lance Storm does the the weekly shows for Observer. And I'm just like, is this Justin Joyner or Lance Storm? I don't even know the difference. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think like that. That is not something that I never thought. No, Kyle, Kyle, listen to a show of Brian and Lance. Um, I think right. I think they record this Friday, but I, I'm so sorry. I interrupted your question. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. It's not a problem at all. But no, I, I mean, I've heard Lance before, and I'm trying to, like, now listen to him in my head and match up with Justin. I don't know. I am going to check that out now. All right, Brian, we've talked about a couple matches for the pay-per-view on Saturday, a little bit about the show tonight. What did you think uh, of the show tonight, and are you looking more forward to full gear than you were all out back in September? So just a quick thing. Was this a go-home show or a Dynamite Reset show? Because the way the show was constructed, like like Tony D'Angelo, hey, chef kiss. Like, this show kicked so much ass. Like, not only did you have hot angles, you had obviously the main events angle, uh, segment. You already touched on the inner circle promo. You had Danielson kicking it off. Like, I had never seen a Lee Moriarty match live, and I know you guys will touch on that match shortly, but oh my god, just introducing these new characters and then reintroducing Wardlow, like, yes, like, get him on my television. I feel like there was an there was a plan and there was a purpose, not only to get folks to buy this pay-per-view, but to almost reintroduce characters that I've kind of been, not forgotten, but they've been kind of in the rear view for a long time. And it's so refreshing to see guys like Wardlow, whether they end up doing some type of split with him and MJF soon. It's just nice to see him on your television screen and get pushed and kill a guy. Like, wonderful. Um, out of everything on the show, uh, I, I love the Miro, very short vignette. Like, those things are only a minute, and people say, oh, those are the same. I'm just like, I, I don't care. The way he's able to, like, scare the piss out of you, and he was just like, I'm – the, the ending line of his promo where he was like, Brian, I'm going to take you away from your wife so I can be with mine. Just like wonderful, like excellent, excellent stuff. Um, obviously. And then freaking Dax the ax, like wanting to freaking kill himself with Pac, like right before uh, a crazy potential match with Lucha part. Uh, I'm sorry, not Lucha house party, Lucha brothers. Jesus Christ. Uh, getting my luchas across there. Um, this, it was an awesome show. Sorry, guys. I'm excited. Um, just like, no, no, it, it wasn't. I'm glad you brought up something that was really key, Brian. And I saw it on Twitter while I was watching. So this was not a go home show in the style that WWE does go home shows. Right. Justin, I think you would agree with that too, Mr. Joint. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, because they, there were guys on the show you brought up a tag match uh, with Leo and Dante against Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel. Those guys don't have anything to do with the pay-per-view, but it was some but the crowd was still in that like the crowd didn't see that as like a piss break match, as they used to say back in the day. Anything but I, I feel, you know, and the Wardlow thing, you know, MJF wasn't even out there. I assumed MJF was gonna come out and, you know, maybe pick up the scraps and cut a promo. No, they didn't do that. They just showed a video package of him later. It was a very interesting go home show, but it was a very good show. And, you know, obviously the focus, um, you know, in terms of the hard sell, the traditional hard sell was with the main event in that last segment. We'll get to that later on, but I thought, you know, they certainly talked about all the matches they needed to ran down the lineup. Um, Yeah. It was very different than how WWE does where they just hit you over the head in every segment. These two are wrestling on pay-per-view this weekend. This wasn't that. And, Again, we always talk about what we what do we want out of AEW? Different, and this was different. Um, go ahead. So it wait. No, it, let, hold on. Let me start over here. If I can be serious for a minute, <laughs> their their TV is almost just. I mean, it's just important as their pay per view. That's why you see all this other stuff that really has nothing to do with the pay per views because they still have. Uh, next week's TV to build to. They still have Rampage, you know. Um, the pay-per-view is going to sell itself, you know, and they've done enough to do that already. Oh, yes. And, and we've talked about this, Justin, I know before. I think we discussed it when, uh, before WrestleMania went to two nights. I'm almost positive it was in the aftermath of WrestleMania 35. We discussed this. Where, you know, the week's or the shows surrounding a pay-per-view, it's not a bad idea to give it, give some of the time to other people who aren't on the pay-per-view. Because if you do that, then you don't have to jam everyone onto a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what they did. I mean, for some folks, okay, like the aforementioned tag match, that was their pay-per-view match, basically. It's a more judicious use of TV time. And you guys are like this. So I'm watching the show with my wife. Okay, and she says to me, does AEW have more wrestlers than WWE? I said, oh, absolutely not. And she's like, oh, well, it just seems like there's more people in AEW. It says she's like, WWE, it always seems like it's just the same people every week. And I said, honey, that's called roster usage. And then, you know, after about two minutes, she got very bored of what I was talking about. But I thought it was a very good job by my wife picking up on that. They do that. They are much better at using their roster than WWE is, where they don't allow people to get burnt out. Yeah, and it's interesting, Kyle, because, like, this was almost – it was – a showcase. It was like a go-home slash showcase show. And I wonder if – I don't know if Tony, Cody, or whomever in the back have been, like, discussing, like, the formats or maybe if they're worried about the ratings that they're trying to get uh, their numbers back up. But just – Throwing out Jungle Boy and, uh, oh, my God, Anthony Bowens. Like, let's give him some kudos on that match. Like, showcasing these guys who really need to be on television because the acclaimed, once they finally go babyface, man, that pop is going to just be insane. But I think it's such a good strategy to get these different guys out there, especially, like, Anthony Bowens being a strong, like, uh, person in the, uh, you know, uh, gay community. Like, let's get some variety out there. And I think, like, 
through Twitter, I think you guys can uh, agree to this. A lot of people have been like, ah, it's a lot of same of the white guys. There's not enough women. There's not enough people of color or, uh, you know, sexuality on the show. And I mean, I would say, okay, this show pretty much gave you everything you want. The only thing I could say is, could I have gone without Wheeler Uterant and uh, let's say uh, Wardlow and maybe add like a TBS championship match in there? Probably. I mean, I would have made that adjustment, but that would have been my only feedback to the show. Well, yeah, but at the same time, Wardlow is tremendous. All right, uh, Tavon, I see you in the waiting room. I'm going to bring you on soon. I want to just roll through a few of the segments before we bring you on, though. Uh, Britt Baker, uh, Ty Conti is your AEW women's title match this Saturday. There was a six-women tag uh, tonight. Conti getting a decisive pinfall win. That was the obvious and correct call, I thought, uh, in this situation. Uh, that's what you do. Uh, you build up the babyface contender. She looks good uh, in the last match before the pay-per-view. I thought Jamie Hayter had a good night in this match. She bumped very well for her opponent. So, uh uh, good job by her. I cannot imagine Justin Britt Baker is going to lose the title on Saturday. But Ty Conti is kind of an ideal opponent in the sense that she's somewhat bulletproof as a babyface. If you want to keep Baker rolling as a heel, Conti's going to keep that dynamic um, Correct. She, she's going to, you know, Baker's going to be a heel in that match. So I think it's a logical piece of matchmaking by Tony Khan. Yeah. Uh, Ty Conte's kind of new to the title scene. Uh, uh, really a, a good up and comer. Uh, it, this doesn't need to be her time. Like you said, she, this is an ideal opponent for Britt. Yeah. Um, something that Brian mentioned a little bit ago. Jungle Boy wrestled Anthony Bowens tonight. It's nice to having Mac uh, to have Max Caster back on national TV rapping again. I know he uh, made a poor choice, but we've all made mistakes in life. He, you live and learn, and it's nice. You know, it was great the, the rap he had on Danielson last week. This one was good too. Mentioning Jungle Boy as a girlfriend, of course, that's Anna J. Uh, somebody joked that somewhere Jim Cornette is punching a hole through drywall because you're bringing up. Your good-looking young baby faces have girlfriends. That would have been a big no-no in a different era, but um, it's 2021 now. I don't think that matters. Jungle Boy with a beard, Justin. Some st- I think that was more than a 5 o'clock shadow that he had tonight. Uh, he gets the win. I love the finish with him flipping off Caster uh, while he had Bowens in the snare trap. But the big story, Bobby Fish attacking Jungle Boy afterwards. It kind of makes your thoughts on, on that and where and where it obviously went with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Yeah, it makes you wonder who else could be coming to join the party. Yeah, so um, just to recap, I, I'm sure you, if you're listening to a recap of a show, you probably watched it. But if you just come to us uh, for all your information, which you should do, um, I'll break it down for you. Bobby Fish attacks Jungle Boy afterwards. Uh, there is an Adam Cole Young Bucks promo. Cole introduces the Bucks to his friend. Who is it? It's, of course, Bobby Fish, his old pal from the Undisputed Era in NXT. And, Justin, I picked up on it just as you did. You see Cole bringing Fish in. They got the rights to the song, Dance Away. 99.9% might be too low. Uh, in terms of odds of Kyle O'Reilly coming into AEW. 
if I was to put it at that. I mean, it's a lock, right? It makes perfect sense for what we've been talking about for the future, you know, possible Omega and uh, Cole feud. You know, Cole aligns with his his old running mates from a, a promotion up north. Yeah, and they, they made some funny remarks about Undisputed and Eras and stuff. I thought that was good stuff. And I think Bobby Fish being used in the mercenary role here, a good use of him. He will wrestle Jungle Boy Friday night on Rampage. Brian, one more question. I'm going to have to let you go. Sure. That. Um, do you like how they merged two matches from Tony Khan's notebook that was leaked into one match, a six-man six falls count anywhere? It's going to be Christian and Jurassic Express against the super clicks on the notebook. If you recall, it was Christian versus Adam Cole in a singles match and Jurassic express versus young bucks. Do you like the six man dynamic better than a one-on-one in a tag team or. <sighs> I mean, I don't really think there's a wrong answer there. I mean, I feel like the bucks and I, uh, Jurassic express have wonderful chemistry. I personally, I think I would have been okay with having uh, cage and uh, Cole have a singles match. But uh, I think I mentioned it last week on the uh, show with you uh, boys, Kyle. I feel like now th- the purpose of this, uh, you know, chaos match is I feel like uh, I don't I don't know if Chris, I think Christian's taking the fall in this, and this is gradually going to pull the thread on the Christian heel turn, and then hopefully by the next pay per view yes. we finally have Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage, and we're finally going to have this. Christian Cage personality finally come back out where he's going to just be a complete asshole. So I, I think a lot of people saw, well, like wh- what about jungle boy getting this big win? If he's on television, getting these wins in front of you that you're going to realize, Oh, okay. He's not just a goober. He's not just losing all the time. Like it's not reverse baby face booking on WWE, right? He's top of mind. He's beating guys. He's not just like a guy that we're going to randomly just heat up all of a sudden, just because He's on like a team and then his friend who he thought was his friend is going to turn on because really like in reality, he always thought he was a dick because if you go back within the last couple uh, weeks, you know, he's always kind of thrown little jabs in here. He says, whoa, little buddy, I got this. Like when he was first talking up the uh, Arthur Ashe six man and then I'm sure you could throw little jabs in there and if let's say, you know, Jungle Boy somehow messes up and costs the match that's going to urge Christian to finally turn. And I think you're stirring the pot for the next pay-per-view in uh, 2022. But, and I, if I had to put money on the table right now, I think that opens the pay-per-view. I think that's the match that opens the pay-per-view. What do you guys think? Um, They're going to have to be careful with this and the Minneapolis street fight between inner circle and men of the year American top team, because it's two multi person brawling style matches so you don't want to be repeating stuff uh you want every match to be unique on a card so i think there's going to be a trick there hopefully you know maybe christian and and jericho have a conversation before the match hey we're thinking about doing this in our match maybe don't do that in yours who knows so i could see this open up opening up the show for sure uh justin what do you think Six man versus a one on one in tag team match. Do you care? Do you, is are you disappointed that it's we're not getting two matches instead of one, or, or, or we're getting one match instead of two? So I gotta say, Kyle, a, a few weeks ago, you had brought up 
some fantasy booking of the six man match being Punk, Sting, and Darby versus MJF, Spears, and Wardlow. Um, and I hate to say it, bud, but I, I think Tony Khan might be a, a, a tiny bit better booker than you. Yeah, well, we didn't know what he had was the ace in the hole. Okay, we didn't know what he had. We'll get to Punk in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, not, not, uh, look, we've got a six person here. But I mean, as far as this goes, as far as this goes, I mean, it, do, do you think kind of merging everyone together yeah. is, is better, worse, indifferent? with the Christian Jurassic Express versus Super Click deal? It's better because of the strength of this card. You don't need this split up considering everything else. Merge it together. Save those other matches for TV. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think we need a 10th match on the card. And Brian's right. Uh, Christian's going to turn heel. I think that's going to be the story coming out of it. All right, let's bring Tavon on the air. Tavon, you've been so patient. Uh, Thank you so much. Welcome to Top Rope Nation Extra. We're talking AEW Dynamite and Full Gear this Saturday. What's on your mind? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, happy to um, be here. Um, already just watched the show. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good um, go-away show. Yeah, I mean, there, there certainly was. I mean, I think – is there one match – that you are now more excited about uh, than you were two hours ago. Match, I was more. Yeah, or did did did, this, did Dynamite get you more excited about any match in particular tonight? I am. Um, yeah, I'm still excited from Hangman versus um, Kenny Omega. Yes, that I think, like we talked about, was the most, you know, I think traditional go-home angle that they did. Um, do you want to hit on that now, Justin, or should we just save that? I kind of want to save it for the end, actually. I'll follow your lead, buddy. Okay. Um, all right. Something you did mention, though, uh, Justin, well, CM Punk, and you, you got your shot in, at me. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something right now. No one's more objective than me. And you're right. Um, What they wound up doing with CM Punk was much better than that idea. Now, keep in mind, when I offered that idea, what did we see on Tony Khan's notebook? Shit, I don't remember. What was it? It was CM CM Punk and Wardlow was on that notebook. And remember, we were all like, hmm, I don't know about that one. Well, Tony Khan took the old eraser to the notebook, and he came up with something better, didn't he? Because... Holy Lord have mercy. Has CM Punk and Eddie Kingston taken the wrestling world by storm over the last seven days? Tonight, we got a recap on the incredible segment from Rampage. Justin, I don't know if you saw this in real time or you just, I think, I know you saw it before me. I was running like 20 to 30 minutes behind on Rampage Friday night. And both you and Ryan said, Kyle, you're going to love this segment. And you know, when somebody says that to you, you're like, all right. You, you, it raises expectations. Mm-hmm. There is nothing you guys could have said that would have like led me to be disappointed about that segment. It was truly one of the great segments in the history of AEW. Tonight, there was a confrontation in the parking lot uh, between the two. I love the gif that's made its way around the Twitter sphere of Kingston trying to do the end around and get by. That was great. In the <laughs> 
but he ran out of room with the car and, and Ruby Soho's blocking him. That, that was good stuff. But Justin, is this the hottest match on the card or is it 1A, 1B with Paige and Omega? I think it's got to be 1A, 1B. Uh, we'll get to it. There's one, there's one major factor with the championship match that I think puts that over the top. Uh, but yeah, th- this is incredible because it, like you said, we all thought it was Wardlow. This seemed like it came out of nowhere. You had that uh, Players Tribune article with Eddie Kingston that, boy, yeah, I mean, it. you would have assumed going in, this is Punk's match to win, but boy, they. I've got some doubts now. I have some doubts. Okay. How incredible is it that this is now the second pay-per-view in a row where people have doubt whether or not CM Punk's going to win? Remember, people were saying, oh, Darby might win. Punk wouldn't lose. That was a take from multiple people on Twitter. And now people are saying, oh, maybe he loses. I don't think CM Punk should lose in, the, in this situation. I think Eddie, we, we talked about, who did we met? I used the term bulletproof for earlier in the show. Ty Conti. Well, Eddie Kingston is even more bulletproof than Ty Conti. Eddie Kingston, you don't want to beat him too much. But he's a guy that you can see the finish in your head, right? Like he's given it all. He's kicked Punk's ass. But Punk maybe, you know, just pulls out one submission and, like, you know, gets Kingston to pass out or something Yeah, in a dramatic thing. I I think that's the finish. I think it it would be wrong to beat Punk at this point. But, yeah, the work work Kingston's done on screen and off screen, you referenced the Players' Tribune article, absolutely par excellence. I agree with you 100%. And I was going to get to that, that I, I don't think punk should lose. I would love to see, and maybe it's too early in this feud, depending on how long it's going to go. I'd like to see some blood. I would like to see some blood. I think we're going to get blood. You're right. Because <laughs> the, the, given the, um, you know, nature of the feud, you're gonna play. That's another thing. We talked about the Minneapolis street fight in the Falls Count Anywhere match. You can't have blood in every match, Tony Khan, on this show. Otherwise, it loses its effect. We had blood in the go-home segment tonight with Hangman. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. You know, again, I, I trust CM Punk and Eddie Kingston more than – even more than Hangman and Omega to, between the two of them, come up with something totally unique that stands out. Uh, from the rest of the card. I just think the magnitude of what Paige Omega will get that to stand up. But I just think the the work and how this match is going to be worked, I have a lot of faith in these guys. And, and yeah, it's 1A, 1B for me. What about you, Tavon? Are you looking forward to uh, – how much are you looking forward to seeing Punk Eddie Kingston? Is this uh, wet your whistle just like everybody else on the internet? I'm actually um, looking forward to that match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, everybody is. I mean, I was going to say, did, did they have you hooked on Rampage Friday night? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Can I, yeah, can, I so. jump, can I jump in with a few thoughts, Kyle? Yeah, go ahead. So, they already kind of laid the groundwork. You know, I'm, I'm going back to the blood here. Uh, Eddie Kingston already said, doesn't care about pinning CM Punk. <laughs> and it has been how long since we've seen CM Punk bleed? Probably sometime outside of maybe accidents in uh, WWE since ring of honor days. And I I just think that would be more meaningful than 
having any kind of blood in any of the other matches that you referenced. What? The, what? the what? street fight. The when, when was the last time CM Punk had a little collar? Dog collar? That's a good question. I, you're telling me he didn't have, you're telling me you don't think he had color in any WWE match? Not on purpose. I there might have been an accident in a ladder match that was totally unfree, but nothing, but nothing that was for the story of the match. Yeah, he, there was no blood in the Lesnar match at SummerSlam 2000. I've watched that enough times. You'd think I would just know. It was, it was you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. CM Punk, let's introduce you. Let's get you reintroduced to the Blade, buddy. Come on. Uh, I'm with you, Jeff. You're right. I think, I think you know, him having color would, would it would mean a lot, you know, more than just like, you know, some random guy in the 10-man Minneapolis street fight. All right, everybody. Hold on. Justin and I have a lot to still get through on this show, believe it or not. So let's run through some things, J-Man. MJF and Darby Allen, neither guy was live on Dynamite. I think that's okay, though, right? Yeah, they've, they've had a lot of time in the last few weeks. Uh, agree. There was a video package pretty late in the show. Uh, it turns out that video package aired while they were setting up the table for the contract signing. But when they went to that video package, I'm like, my God, this contract, this contract signing angle might only get five minutes. But uh, they didn't even go to a commercial break before. So that was good. MJF's bodyguard, we did reference this. Uh, it was Brian who actually brought it up first. Uh, Wardlow was on this show. However, he won a squash match, a great squash match over Wheeler Yuta. Oh, my God, was that a good squash match. All those power bombs. I mean, this Wardlow looked like a future star doing that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I, it, Wardlow really, really needed that. Agreed. And, you know, when he, and we all assume it's when, not if, uh, turns on MJF, that will be, uh, you know, a good few. Uh, you know, it's time-tested. You know, the bodyguard, you know, sick of getting abused. Um, turns on his abuser. And so that, that should be good. But MJF and Darby, MJF's gotten a lot of heat uh, in the build to this. Who goes over at the pay-per-view? I think this is one of the toughest calls to make a pick. Yeah, I mean, Darby lost at the last pay-per-view to Punk, obviously. Um, it, it, MJF lost to Jericho. Yeah, yeah. It, it It's almost a who's the more important pillar and to me that's mjf i i think you need to keep these the heel strong I, I i don't think there's as much depth on the roster when it comes to heels yeah and plus what do you we all think they're doing in the last match of the show or the pay-per-view hangman crowning a new baby face champion yep. so you're gonna need heel. I, i'm with you I, put a gun to my head please don't but uh, if you did i'm picking mjf uh, to win uh, Saturday. Lucha Bros, they are the AEW Tag Team Champions. They will be taking on FTR, who are the AAA Tag Team Champions, at the pay-per-view. Pack beat Dax Hardwood tonight. Very good match, as we all thought it would be. Afterwards, Andrade and Malachi Black. Lights go out. They come back on. They're in the ring. Heel beat down on Pack. Cody and the Lucha Bros make the save. In my notes, uh, as that was going on, I said, will it be Cody and Pack against Andrade and Black at full gear? The answer, Justin Joint, is yes, it is. Yeah, it is. So uh, I was I was assuming that was going to be added. I mean, uh, Cody wasn't at the last pay-per-view. So, um, you know, that makes it nine matches at this show. I And again, 
I, I joked about it. I used the old monsoon adage, a main event in anywhere in any arena in the country. This is a main event in any arena in the country. Cody and Pack versus Andrade and Black. Yeah. I, it, Who do you think goes I, over? I don't know. It feels like it has to be Andrade and Black, right? Just because Cody Cody Ooh. Pack just it's kind of random. I I mean they're just combined because of their hatred of I guess I don't know. I man, I don't know. Yeah, this is like the hardest to call and I'm not and it totally depends where they go. Will Cody get booed at the pay-per-view? I hope so. I'm going to boo him. <laughs> That's cheating actually. I forgot. Of course you're going to be there so you can say, "Yes, someone will boo him." And then you can <laughs> boo him at the top of your lungs, come back and say, "See, Kyle, I told you." Uh back to the tag team title match. Lucha Bros. If they were to lose to FTR, what an odd title run that would be. They won, you know, a match of the year contender against the Bucks in Chicago. We were there going crazy. Uh, Meltzer called the best steel cage match he's ever seen in his life. Lucha Bros retained, in your opinion? F- FTR is protected by having those AAA tag team championship belts. Uh, they can come back to this at a later time. Uh, and really, it, it kind of comes down to who you think might be the next tag team champions. FTR already had them. Uh, I don't, if they get them a second time, I feel like it's going to be down the road a little bit. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Pack and Hardwood? Real good match, obviously. I, it was my favorite match in the night. I freaking loved it. Yeah, I mean, uh, man, Dax is is look. You know, we think of FTR as like these tag team specials, but he's been. Whip and work, hallelujah, as Ricky Ross said, my brother from another mother once, uh, in singles action. God, I mean, he's had a hell of a year. So, yeah, it was a great match. Uh, before we get to the main event segment, we should talk about a match that I know a lot of people uh, were raving about online. Uh, and this does not affect anything at the pay-per-view, but Leo Rush and Dante Martin against Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. It is kind of a risk putting a match out like this on a go-home show for a pay-per-view, but I think it speaks to the AEW audience how much it got over in the building, right? Like, if you would put a a match with guys comparable on the card in WWE on SmackDown two days before pay-per-view, that match dies a death in front of that crowd, does it not? The the fear is it gets lost in the shuffle of all the pay-per-view stuff. Yes. This people. Yeah. We've got a pay-per-view to talk, but you know, Leo rush. I, I wrote a Facebook. I was like, my God is Leo rush. The man of the hour, this guy <laughs> with an incredible effort. I mean, look, he was another one of those guys that they said in WWE internally attitude problem. Right. That they were like, this guy thinks he should be at the top of the card. We think he should be managing Bob, managing Bob Lashley. <laughs> that, that, that was kind of worlds apart when it comes to those two thoughts. So, Leo, man, look, there's a lot of high flyers in this business. Uh, he's teaming up with one of the very best uh, in Dante Martin. But Leo Rush, this guy stands out. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. I, I, give me more Leo Rush. Uh, by the way, my when he came to the ring, I should mention this. I've already texted you this, Justin. <laughs> he comes to the ring. You know, they're wearing all white. And my wife goes, it looks like he has a huge package. 
Man of the Year. And I said, why are you ruining this match? <laughs> Man of the Year. <laughs> I said, I wanted to see Leo Rush wrestling. I don't want to talk about Leo Rush's package, but, you know, quite frankly, I don't know. Maybe he was just excited to make his Dynamite debut. <laughs> Who knows? So we've got one segment left to talk about, and then we're going to bring this home, sports fans. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page will be wrestling this Sunday at the pay-per-view. Okay, we all know that. It's the AW World title match. Justin, I don't think this is a controversial statement. Adam Page must, 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 must win on Saturday. Any other ending is unacceptable. They have built this for a long time. It is his time. Everyone on Twitter, the bad faith actors that have been brainwormed by WWE booking, get out of here. It's Adam Page or bust. Or we riot, as they say in Chicago. Right? Not only must he win, he's got to kick out of the one-wing angel. What, I mean, what are you saving that for other than maybe Kota Ibushi than for this moment to, to absolutely make a star, a homegrown, relatively speaking, a homegrown star, somebody who's never been affiliated with, with WWE? Yes. Um, and so... Okay, they come out for the segment. Now, the first line in my notes was Don Callis has been curiously absent from the graphic, not just tonight, but for a while. There had been rumors abound on Twitter. What has happened to Don Callis? Well, turns out they just took him off TV so he could show up dressed as the cameraman and attack Hangman Page. Were you thinking anything because the cameraman was clearly getting in the way a few times during this segment. Like he, he was on the hard cam. Did you think anything of that at the time, Justin? Not so much that time, but there was a moment right after that where the cable was obviously in the way. And that's when I started, you know, the wheel started turning. There's something going on here. And right before he smashed, before Callis smashed, page with the camera he was the camera was inching close i'm like that cameraman somebody and sure enough it was don Callis with the evil beard so yep. don Callis is back he uh, presumably will be in the corner of kenny omega at the pay-per-view there was a video package earlier in the show hyping the match at the pay-per-view i thought it was excellent as well we joked about this contract start, signing starting late in the show but by god these guys nailed their promos they said what they needed to say um, yeah, it, dude, it was a, it was a blessing that it wasn't super long. It, it wasn't a bunch of BS back and forth. Like you get in a certain other promotion, they cut to the chase. They hit all the right notes as far as the long-term storytelling has been and and they got to the, you know, bloody signing of the contract. Yes. So after page was busted open by the camera shot from callus Omega, Signed the contract in Hangman's blood. Um, this was a tremendous angle. It got everyone really jacked. Again, we all presume it's going to happen. I want to reiterate now, Hangman must, must, must go over on Saturday. It is his time to do so. And excellent point by you. These talking segments don't have to be 20 minutes. Nope. As a matter of fact, they shouldn't be 20 minutes. As a matter of fact, I remember 15, 16 years ago, everyone saying, these fucking 20-minute segments to open Raw, please kill us now. 
You know, um, th- what else did they need to say? I mean, they've had months, almost a year, more than a year to hype this match. So we're finally here. Do you think, Justin, going into the pay-per-view, that this has the feel of a world title match that could be transformative for the promotion? We all assume the title is going to change hands and that by its very nature is transformative. But does this match feel like it could cause a seismic shift in the promotion? By God, the hangman page here is upon us. Is that kind of what we're looking at here in your eyes? It feels like a star-making moment. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And, you know, we'll, we don't know until we are, you know, watching the end of the pay-per-view. How does the crowd react to them? But, yeah, I mean, the crowd's with them all the way. I think um, it's going to be one of the great moments in AEW history when, not if, when Hangman Page defeats Kenny Omega this Saturday. And hey, they want to bring Okada in. That's something for Omega to do post-title run, you know? So um, at some point, if they can do that. But uh, I am looking forward to it. Justin, I'm very jealous that you and Ryan get to go to the pay-per-view in Minneapolis. We are still working out behind the scenes here at Top Rope Nation when we will do our full gear review, but we will do one at some point. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to say about tonight's telecast? Great pod, Ross, man. I'm proud of you. I tried. I've been sick for like two weeks, man. I think it's like bronchitis. It's not COVID, please, <laughs> people. Do not do not send your cards as if I was Matilda recovering from a dog napping from the Islanders. I'm okay. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, I've been a little down and out, but uh, made it through. Always fun to do a show with you. Always fun to be in the Spotify green room. Remember, folks. If you like this show and would like to listen to it on demand, it is very simple how you do that. You become a Patreon, a Patreon supporter, pardon me, uh, of the show. Not only do you get these shows on demand, whenever you can listen to them whenever you want, but you get Top Rope Nation Classic, our monthly look uh, at an old pay-per-view. The next one that we will be doing, this has been announced, I can say this, Justin, Survivor Series 96. Some consider that the finest Survivor Series pay-per-view of all time. Uh, of course, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin. They're less famous of the two uh, matches, big matches, but a match of the year candidate and an all-timer nonetheless. I, I know you're looking forward to talking about uh, Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. There, there, there's a lot going on in that time period, that's for sure. The debut of The Rock on that same show. The debut of Doug Furness and Phil Lafon, for God's sake. Mm. I mean, if that doesn't get at least two uh, new Patreon subscriptions, I don't know what, though, because um, <laughs> I'm going to be talking a lot about that. Um, and, of course, the hideous ending to Yokozuna's team versus Vader's team. So that, I think, is it. That's all I've got. Justin, a great show here. Dynamite was absolutely fantastic tonight. Looking forward to the pay-per-view. Looking forward to breaking it down for all of you. Uh, We'll see you on the flip side. Uh, Until next time, peace.